Hey, Matt Parker here. You know, very grateful, very excited to have Kristen dealing with me. Kristen, thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. This is fun. Yeah, no, just a bit about Kristen. So Kristen is a top real estate agent. She's with the Sea to Sky Dream Team, which is uh, located in Whistler and Squamish now as well. Have an office there, and she's sort of the the go-to Squamish uh, agent for for the team, which is uh, affiliated with Stillhaven uh, from a brokerage standpoint. And uh, they're doing some really cool things. So, Kristen, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. So let's jump right in. Um, what's one thing that not many people know about you? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, you know, if I'm like running the gamut of my life, I would say one thing that people don't normally know about me is that a number of years ago, I used to be a competitive Olympic weightlifter. Wow. And I kind of stumbled into that a little bit later in, you know, like in my 30s. Um, and then through a series of like kind of different events, I just kept training and got better and stronger to a point where I was like, oh, you know, I really think I could go, like I could start challenging some records on this. And so I did that for a number of years and ended up breaking one of the Canadian um, snatch records for my, oh my age. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the one that you pull it up and then push it up too. Uh, that's the clean and jerk. Okay. There's two lifts in Olympic weightlifting. One is exactly where you like put it on your shoulders and then punch it up. And the other one's like one swift motion. Oh, that's probably the harder to, one. Yeah, overhead. <laughs> that, so that's the snatch. That's the snatch. Oh, my yeah. goodness. That's that's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So and I'm not going to the gym with you. That. Yeah, I'm not going to go oh, to the gym. Oh. I'm not. I'm not going to hit the gym with you. You'll just, it is embarrassing. That's funny. Yeah, there's a lot of funny jokes around that because, you know, when Dana and I are together, she's always like, don't mess with her. She'll kick your ass. You know? <laughs> but I still love the gym. But honestly, like once real estate really took over, it was almost impossible to be focused, mm -hmm. uh, training for that many hours, eating properly, recovering properly, all the different things that go into being an athlete, basically. That's so cool. Cause did you, and did you go <laughs> to the Olympics? No, no, I was too old by then. All the, the like main Olympic athletes that represent, you know, all the countries, they, uh, they're young mm -hmm. and, and I was a master's, a master's athlete, which is above 30. <laughs> but it was still fun and it was you know one of those things where like when you're a kid and you kind of always imagine you know being a professional athlete and yeah. it's never realized I mean I only did like dance and volleyball and all the other kind of extracurricular you know amateur things that people do um but once I started competing I was like oh yeah this is exciting like I'm realizing one of my like childhood goals right now being a competitor but that, what what a good transition in into a competitive environment like real estate, right? Which is which is ultra competitive and and you know I mean everyone knows a realtor um, or many, um, so I think that's perfect in terms of the drive and the work ethic is just perfect parallel. True. Yeah. No, for sure. And then I used to joke. Like we had all these like really funny 
cheesy marketing ideas, you know, as I was transitioning out of competing, where it'd be like, I'll get you a gold medal deal, you know, (laughs) stuff stuff like that. (laughs) But yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a lot of crossover. Totally. You have to be hardwired a certain way in order to be successful at both of them. Yeah, very true. I like that. That's not a bad little little marketing thing. I I use it. So, uh, so no, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. It's always fun to learn something that, you know, uh, we don't usually talk about on a day-to-day basis. So that's, that's really cool. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so that, that being said then, so you're in the, you know, the professional or the, you know, athlete mindset. What made you want to transition over to real estate and sort of take this on? Well, um, my main career at the time, or I, I'm a trained graphic designer and mm. have a background in marketing. Um, and I was working at the Georgia Street at the time, which is what actually afforded me the time to go train at the gym for two hours a day is that mm-hmm. I had like a, part, a part-time job and, I did freelance graphic design work um, until I ran into our good friend, Dana Friesen-Smith, who, as you know, is my partner in Whistler. Mm-hmm. And her and I had been friends for a long time. Um, and I knew she was starting to really take off in real estate. And we ran into each other in the parking lot of the grocery store. And she said, God, I need an assistant. And the, the light bulb kind of went off. You know, I was at a point in graphic design where, I either needed to go back and be trained mm-hmm. kind of in the digital space because I was primarily focused in the print space and things were shifting. So I was like, you know, I probably could really help Dana. Mm. She, you know, I we operate in a similar way. I know we like the same things and it probably would be a good fit. So that's how I started. I, I you know, kind of left the Georgia Strait and the print design world mm-hmm. to go be her exclusive like assistant slash marketer Mm. turns out you know i was trying to do her the the paper the real estate paperwork in the back end for her and it just actually worked out better that i was a better marketer and graphic designer artist than i was Mm. you know the system paperwork type um but she as she got much busier through all of that then it became an easy transition to where she was like, you know what, you're not really designed to be an assistant. You should actually just be an agent. And mm. I was super passionate. I always lived in Squamish. I'm super passionate about Squamish. So it just made sense that I would take over that market while she looked after Whistler and Pemberton. Cool. No, th- yeah, no, that's like parallel to you. It's like, I don't think I would have ended up in mortgages if I wasn't around it, grew up like, cause our, my, my family had a mortgage company. So I was like, okay, this, this makes sense for me. Um, so I think having that connection that can be sort of a mentor slash inspiration to get in, to get started and to, to, to get moving is, is, is such an important thing, right? So you're not just spinning your wheels. Integral. It was really integral for me. I mean, I credit. So, I mean, I am where I am today because of Dana, because we, created a partnership together that worked Mm -hmm. sometimes partnerships don't work Mm -hmm. this one i feel super grateful and blessed that we are kind of we're a lot the same and we think about Mm -hmm. things the same 
we value things in the same way. And so I always had a huge amount of respect around how she did business. And um, yeah, so moving into kind of the more agent realm to be partners with her made a ton of sense in the end. Yeah, cool. And and what kept you here? Because obviously you got in, you were helping with the sort of marketing back end administration, maybe the, you know, the, 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 the behind the scenes stuff. So what, uh, what about just sort of that kept you into wanting to become an agent, which now keeps you here and what, like, what keeps you loving what you do? Oh man, you know, um, of course I love, and I think lots of agents do love just being able to create their own schedules and mm -hmm. have the flexibility. But I mean, always it's for me, it's about the connection with people. And I think that's a pretty cliche answer, but um, hard to be in this business if you don't like being around people. And if you don't, for me, really genuinely trying to connect with people because I care about people and want the best for them. So always it starts out, you know, as a business relationship, but ultimately in the end, it ends up being a friendship. And especially being in a small town, these are people that I see, you know, maybe didn't know in the beginning. And then by the end, um, we see each other in the grocery store, we go for beers, mm -hmm. you know. So that definitely is, I think, what brings the most value for me. Is, yeah, you know, yeah. I think you guys, you both align with with my vision of just relationship, and mm -hmm. and just truly providing value and giving, and 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 being there throughout the life of the home or the life of the mortgage in our case, or or, or just home ownership in general, and yeah. not at all transaction based. Just really comes back to just being. A person and a, and, a, and a contact that that you know you have an expertise in real estate and and to just be there for them to to help them achieve their goals, but then at the same time, you know, enjoy their life and and be a fun person to be around too, which is probably totally. And Dana really like that's Dana is, and that was the business model. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I could prescribe to that business model because that's who I am as well. Um, and exactly like you said like it's about being a professional but her and i have both both always say like we even though you know we're categorized as salespeople, mm -hmm. i don't really feel like that's my job i don't think that's my job in this um role i think my job is to be more of a connector and an advisor and a matchmaker um and oh my battery's going off. Sorry. Um, yeah, and and that's the long that's the long game. Always, you know, nobody wants a greasy car salesman. Those days, that that, that style of sales is, I think, is should be obsolete. Yeah, no, I mean, you see it out there. I don't think it's a it's a successful way to have a have a good life. To uh, you know, fit fit my core values, probably your core values too, of just being of service being grateful and, and, and trying to be helpful and, and humble. And um, by doing that, I think that's from what I see is the most success because it's not just about financial success. It's about achieving success for our clients and, and getting them where they want to be. And, and by doing that, making it a very enjoyable and simple process, which is kind of 
what I strive for is how do I make this as simple and, and understandable as possible without creating confusion. So, um, no, I love that. So, yeah, I mean, if you weren't doing this, I guess you'd be maybe in marketing, maybe something else, but there's another field that you've always gone. I'd be really good at that. Um, I mean, it, it's all people based, right? Like I've mm -hmm. always said, if I wasn't doing this, I probably would be in fitness. Mm -hmm. And that's just something that I'm super passionate about. But again, there's quite a bit of crossover, you know, when you're dealing with people's emotions and mm. their histories and, you know, with the risk thresholds and all those kinds of things, just trying to figure out like how that person functions or thinks, um, I probably would be, yeah, doing that. And actually I simultaneously have, uh, signed myself up for like when I was doing real estate, I also was like, you know, I think I'm going to go be a personal trainer just in case real estate doesn't pan out. I never actually finished that training. It was too many online courses all at the same time. <laughs> but I always say like, I should probably go back and finish that at some point. You just get to have, you know, just as a, as a, <laughs> yeah. as a side gig, um, just for friends and family. Uh, so, you know, we're in a, I mean, we're we're in a unique time. Obviously, you know, while we're talking, it's mid September, twenty twenty, and you know, getting into sort of schools opening, and the market seems to be very active in in, in many areas. Um, you know, surprisingly, I mean, if you if you would have said that three months ago, it, it's very very difficult to say it would have been. Mortgage rates are the lowest they've ever been. I mean, it's such a such a unique time. And uh, probably a lot of uncertainty of the future or fear of the future some people may have. But in your in your terms, what you're seeing in in the Squamish market, especially because that's sort of where where you're focused is. Do you have any advice for anyone that's looking to maybe get in for the first time or sell and buy their next property in today's market? Um, I mean, definitely it's active right now. But I get really Pollyanna about Squamish because I think Squamish still has a ton of opportunity for growth. Mm. I always say we're sandwiched between Whistler and West Vancouver, which are arguably some of the most expensive places. And Squamish has really like made a name itself in the last five years or so. Um, so my advice would be to just try to get into the market like where you can. Um, and then as far as being competitive in the current market, well, that's just, I just gave it away. It's that. It's that, you know, you really need to have your ducks in a row. You have to have your financing locked in in order to, you know, jump on some of the properties that are really super sought after. Yeah, no, it's it's such an interesting thing. And I talk to this about with clients all the time. It's more of be in the market so you can grow with the market. Um, because we just, I mean, no one knows where it's going to go, what's going to happen, especially in today's world. But, you know, being in it, it's I always like to say the value of the home really only matters a few times. Like if if you buy it and it goes down in value, not not the end of the world, like it really matters if you sell it or or want to access funds out of it. Like what happens day to day, you know, everything will be just fine. Um, so I think that you're bang on with just the fact of like get in the market or have a plan and, and be in place and be prepared for it but also have have the ability to to achieve what you can and then from there grow with it much like you know we did my wife and I grew with the market and helped us achieve a few different properties and then a home 
uh, you know, in, in Vancouver, which, you know, asking me, how would you do that? I had no clue until I started owning real estate. And I was like, oh, these, you know, this, this is, this is the, this is the secret sauce, especially in, in our market. So um, I, I, I really like that. I think that uh, in, in Squamish, it sounds like it is very competitive. It is very um, needing to have their preparation done well ahead of time in terms of financing and, or just knowing what they want or, or can mm -hmm. achieve. So, yeah, no, I like that. Anything else you want to touch on the market in terms of what you're seeing out there with with potentially pre-sales? I know pre-sales are, are, are an interesting animal these days or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, so what we're kind of seeing in the Squamish market is either a mass exodus. Of, I mean, Vancouver has always been a very strong feeder pool for us, mm -hmm. but I would say it's been accelerated because of COVID you know, where people are kind of, they're looking at a three bedroom townhouse in North Van, or they're looking at a single detached in Squamish. Mm -hmm. And it seems like a priority for people these days is space. So, so you can have your home office so that your kids can play out in the yard. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say we're seeing like a huge influx of Vancouverites coming to Squamish. And on the flip side of that, we're seeing a lot of Squamish people who have been here for a number of years, who bought in early, who now can sell their place, move on to something smaller um, and be mortgage free. So mm. it, it, it's a super interesting time right now. The other thing about Squamish is that we are seeing a large uh, proportion of young families uh, the median age is under 40. 65% mm. of the population is actually under 40 with kids. Wow. So that, that's been pretty cool too, just to see the growth of the town. Um, and then to address your pre-sale question, yeah, I mean, there's so much development money here in Squamish for kind of all of those reasons I just said. Like Squamish has been undervalued for a while. Um, slowly, you know, we've got, single family homes, we've got people coming up from Vancouver, and then developers are, are investing in Squamish. Mm. And we I feel like we have maybe eight new condo buildings going in downtown. Mm. Um, the waterfront, we have a waterfront that's been uh, underutilized for a really long time that's now just being kind of yeah, um, revitalized. And there's huge development ideas for that. And I think those, I would say a pre, the presale market right now is probably a good one to get into because we have so much of that product coming on. And also because the downtown core is a really great area to invest in Squamish um, just because of the, the park being revitalized and a lot of money being invested in that area. We just heard Herbert Air is coming to Squamish and, um, you know, there's some other big ticket projects that could be happening as well that I think will just kind of push it into the over the threshold. So, yeah, pre-sales are a good one to get into right now. Yeah, I think that's so it's so interesting, especially with Harbor Air coming to Squamish, mm -hmm. having accessibility to the city if needed quickly. Um, mm -hmm. That'll be that'll be valuable for sure. I've always said Dude. that, you know, we've seen a lot of the transition from 
either Vancouver or the North Shore or wherever Burnaby out east, but not as much earlier out wet like your way, which was, you know, now it's starting to be very more normal um, yeah. and a lot of opportunity for for Vancouverites or, or Burnabyites. I don't know if that's their name, but, uh, you know, <laughs> to come over and have space, not need to be in the office all the time and be able to, you know, work virtually, which is going to change, I think, just the shape of, of the markets, which is, you Absolutely. know, such a such an interesting time, like we've said, but um, you'll see it, and, and I think we'll see it in Squamish, especially in terms of helping the market long term, which is which is uh, you know just trending that direction. Um, is there a property or a situation that you've uh, been involved with, you know, selling a bunch of homes and being involved in the, in a lot of transactions that is the most memorable to you? Oh man, you know. Like I always tell clients that um, sometimes there's a bit of magic that gets infused with their properties when the odds are really stacked. You know, it's a super complicated deal or it's, it's a subject to sale or I don't know. It just feels like sometimes there are these deals that are very complicated and very layered and probably don't have a huge uh, success rate but for some reason of course hard work good negotiating you know like putting your getting your ducks in a row a couple of sleepless nights in there as well um, it kind of all comes together and so I do tell buyers that if it's really meant to be if that property is really sometimes it feels like the property chooses them I guess is what I'm getting at and then all the pieces kind of fall into place mm. around it and I love those deals. Those are some of my favorite deals. I just finished one uh, about a month ago where it was like, oh, she needed to sell her house that had already been on the market for eight months and likely wasn't going anywhere. You know, um, so getting the subject to sale market accepted was, you know, one obstacle. Then the financing and the, the all these different pieces that at any given time really could have uh, squashed the deal and didn't. And they all just kind of fell into place beautifully in the end. And some of those are my favorite deal. The ones that feel very complicated and tricky that come together in the end. Yeah, no. And I think that if it's meant to be, it's meant to be like, I truly believe that. I think that, you know, there is there's a, something out there, there's a plan, there's an energy, there's something that's just, you know, if, if you're going with that energy and that flow, and things fall in place, it's like, it's hard to look away, right, from, from those situations. So that's so cool. Totally. And it works on the opposite side as well. Like seemingly what should be a very straightforward mm -hmm. deal just runs into obstacle after obstacle after obstacle and maybe doesn't come together. And then, you know, a month later, a different property comes along that mm -hmm. actually is much better suited has, you know, all the different pieces that make it a superior property to the previous one. And then in those moments, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, that's why that one didn't come together. Yeah, it's so hard to see it in the moment. Like, in the moment, it's always yeah. so tricky, but it's like hindsight, you know, is 22. It's like, oh, that's why. Because now I'm in totally. this better place, one that fits, and it was a way better experience. 
Yeah. And that, you know, I was pretty grateful that when I was purchasing my home, I, so I wasn't a realtor, I, I was still a, doing graphic design and marketing. Mm -hmm. um, when I purchased, when we were looking for our first home, I put in a backup offer and I didn't really understand. I mean, I didn't really understand. I'll just finish my thought. What was happening and or mm -hmm. what the actual chances of me getting that place were. And we didn't end up getting it. Um, and I remember very clearly how emotional that was for me, um, losing out on that. And a realtor at the time said, oh, you know, like this happens and I'm sure something better will come along. And I d absolutely didn't believe him. And it was kind of a rough experience with that relationship. But uh, in the end, that served me so well because the right property did come along a much better property, better suited for us in a better location. And so I kind of always try to remember that from the buyer's perspective of A, what that feels like, you know, to be disappointed, but then mm -hmm. also to try to be gentle in reassuring them that, you know, we, that a, a better property will come along. Yeah. And, and you've been through it and you've experienced yeah. it and you've lived it. And, you know, I can, I can sort of, I can just sort of parallel that to when we get our, when we got our last mortgage, it was like, man, that was not easy. And it's like, I do this day in and day out. So it doesn't, it should have been, should be easy. But like, that's sort of our goal is to shield all that sort of behind the, behind the scenes influx or, or chaos that, you know, lenders have to put on us, but, uh, and then shield the client. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's the empathy of knowing like I've done this. I've been there. Yes. I know how you're feeling. I know why I think totally. I know how you're feeling, but I know how I felt and and uh it, it, it'll be okay. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, everything will be just fine. For sure. I mean that's the other you just touched on something else, which I think is the other part of this job is really just trying to be the equalizer as far as emotions go mm -hmm. around it, you know, and like you said, like being a shield is a perfect way to describe it where you're trying to keep your clients from riding the emotional roller coaster, but behind the scenes, it is an emotional roller coaster. It can be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's an important thing, you know, it's your home. It's a lot most of the time where you want to live, where you want to, you know, raise your kids, where you want to retire, whatever, whatever the, the it is, it's, it's a big deal. And to be able to help people achieve that is pretty, it's pretty darn special. So um, I like to say house rich, you know, I'm, I'm, it's kind of just a fun little thing where it's like utilizing and creating tax efficient debt. Uh, you know, utilizing equity in the home to either a, you know, get to the next property, the next level of home that you're looking for, buy revenue properties, vacation homes, anything like that, just sort of make it, make it work for you. When I say house rich, or think along those lines, what do you think of? What does that mean to you? That's exactly what you just said. Like, I just finished a deal. This was case in point for me about being house rich for these young buyers uh, bought into a pretty old property, kind of the less desirable properties mm -hmm. here in Swish, but um, let's say most affordable, um, and sat on it for a year and a half while they paid into their own equity. And ultimately, we were able to sell that and move them into, you know, 
not not house of their dreams that's going to be probably another five years away from now but mm-hmm. it's just making those steps along the what those manageable mm-hmm. steps along the way and they were totally able to do that by just getting into the market and paying themselves through that yeah and it, taking that money and investing it elsewhere. i love that because i mean you don't need to be in the dream home right away you know you don't probably no. don't need that much space you probably don't need that much headache <laughs> that much you know stress all that kind or, of or risk exactly yeah, yeah. totally like manageable steps so that to me i really um you know i've just been advising a lot of people or it, it kind of goes back full circle to how we started where it's like you know just get into the market just try to get yourself into the market and paying your own investment so that you can use that a little bit later on to make, you know, some great investment steps or some financial steps moving forward and and creating security for yourself. Yeah. And, you know, I always tell clients, you know, if this, you're looking for quick wins, like that's not my, that's not my world. It's, you know, real estate to me is long-term. doesn't mean you're going to own the place long-term, but just look at the, the the overall portfolio or overall plan as this is a long-term game and we want to be able to plan for that too while we're doing this. So it's a lot about planning and you know, figuring out and avoiding future uh, expenses and things like that. But um, yeah, I think there's so much opportunity, especially in the Squamish market. There's just so much activity, so much interest. It's beautiful. It's yeah, as you said, packaged right between, you know, Whistler, West Van, close to Vancouver, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's hard to, hard to argue against it. So, uh, I really appreciate, you know, your insight, your expertise, all, all, all your just sort of wisdom. Um, where would be Kristen, where's the best place to, for people to reach out to you? Is it your website or, or where's the best place for people to find you? For sure. They can find us at, uh, Kristen at see the sky dream team.com is my email and our website is see the sky dream team. Um, and of course, like I love all things Squamish. So if anybody ever has questions about, you know, how far their dollar can go or just questions about the community. I I'll talk about it ad nauseum. So never hesitate to reach out. Wonderful. Well, thank you again. I wish you the best. Hey, thank you. And we'll be in touch yeah, very soon. Sounds good.